my end of my message this morning, but for the last two or three weeks, I've been mulling over this topic that I want to talk to you about this morning, and I believe that the Lord has been speaking something into me. I believe that He's been speaking something specific about this body and this church. And the title of this message, go ahead and put the title up there if you would. The title of this message is simply Promise. Promise. As over the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about this word and thinking about God's promises and what he has, what he has promised in my, in my life and, and probably what he has promised in your life and promised in this church's life. I, I, I begin to think and mull it over and, and Lord what do you want to say to this church and then, and then I, I got on Facebook and I started scrolling one day and all of a sudden I seen a, I, I seen a, a, a post by Sister Lisa Smitsy and the very thing said God's promises are yes and amen. Now that's a, that's a, a saying, but it, you know that that comes from Scripture, and that's my text this morning is 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 Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty. I I just want to make this bold statement to you this morning. It's nothing spectacular. It's it's nothing theological. It's nothing that, that any, any great orator or, or anybody can bring up and say to you that will make anything different. But here's what I want to say to you. If God has promised you something, it will come to pass. I want to say that again. If God has promised you something, it will come to pass. You know, we can go throughout the Bible history and time, and we're going to have a little bit of a history lesson here in just a few short minutes. But if you if you want to go back and read the Old Testament, it shows time and time again where God's promises were true. The person that God's promise that wasn't given that that God gave the promise to, it didn't necessarily happen in their time, but eventually it happened. One very specific thing that I know without a shadow of a doubt that happened that was given to a promise. God promised Moses when he brought his people out of Egypt that. He was going to give them into a land. Moses, however, would not see that land. Someone else, Joshua, would have to take them people into that land. But nevertheless, it was a promise of God. Moses didn't see that promise, but God's people saw that promise. I want to tell you something today, that even though God has promised you something, you might not see the promise. It might be your sons and your daughters, or your sons and your daughters, sons and daughters. It might be five generations from now, but I want to tell you something. God's promises are not fake. God's promises are are not a lie. God's promises are truth and they will happen whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. So be it. This morning I want to talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. We're going to and we're going to kind of be skipping around. I'm going to go to First Kings and we're going to talk about Elijah and Ahab and we're going to have a little bit of a history lesson. I'm going to teach you a few things this morning. But one thing's definitely we're going to learn something this morning is that God's promises are true. They are they are not necessarily uh, uh, false. They are true to be fact. Factual. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. This is what it says. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us now there's two specific words in this scripture that that is pulled out here it's yes and amen now the 
Definition, of the, if you look them up, if you go to Google and look them up, here's what the definition of yes is. It is an affirmative response to a question or an affirmative or an approval of something. So that means that God's promises are approved. God's promises are approved for you and I. The things that he has promised you and I are approved. They mean yeah, they are going to happen. They are yes. And then we have the word a. Men. If you go to the to Google again or, or the, the Webster's Dictionary, the word amen means truth or certainty. Certainty doesn't mean maybe. Certainty doesn't mean in, his, uh, in, in someone else's time. Certainty doesn't mean, oh, I think it might happen at some day. No, certainty means it will happen. It is truth. You can go ahead and put a seal of approval on it. You can go ahead and put a stamp on it. You can even take it down to the recorder of deeds and put it in the, in the courthouse. It doesn't matter. Certainty means that it will happen. You know, if someone is to tell you that I certainly will do that, they better certainly do that or their, their, or their word is not true. But God says in his word, that it is true. I'm going to read to you some scriptures this morning. Now, if you have a pen and paper handy and you want to write these scriptures down, I, I, I got on, online and I looked up scriptures that have to do with God's promises, and there were a lot, a lot. I, just, I, just, I picked out a few that I want to read to you this morning, about 10 or 11 this morning, so bear with me. I, I prayed this morning that God would allow the anointing to flow through the, through, through the reading of the word, and I believe it's going to this morning, because some of these scriptures are going to resonate with you. Some of these might be your favorite scriptures. Some of these might be scriptures that you, you uh, cling to and lean on every day, because I, I want to tell you something. Sometimes when, we, when God has given us promises, we go through our life and we say, you know what? God, you've promised me something, but why isn't it here yet? God, you've promised me this, and you've promised me that, but I haven't seen it yet. God, where are your promises? is going to come from why are they going to do i want to read some scriptures to you this morning i'm going to read them off of here because i don't have time to flip through my book and so we're going to start with philippians 4 and 9 4 and 19 it says and my god shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory i want to tell you something if god has promised you that he's going to supply a need in your life it's written right there in philippians chapter 4 and 19 it says according to his riches not according to man's riches not according to our riches but according to his riches in glory by jesus christ because when he supplies your need it's going to give him glory i want to tell you something God has supplied my need before but it didn't matter about me it wasn't because he wanted to supply my need just because I had a need it was to supply a need so that I had a testimony that when I preached the word or when I went out and testified something when somebody else was in need and I was able to meet that need I could go up and tell him look I was in the place where you're at I was in that desolate place I want to tell you something God met my need when there was nothing else nothing ready and available God met that need I want to tell you something if he's promised to meet your need this morning he is going to meet your need I don't know when it's going to come. You don't know when it's going to come. But by golly, I know who knows when it's going to come. This morning, your need will be supplied. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I want to tell you something this morning. God's promises is not, is not desolate. God's promises is not something that, that we have to live in, a, in an evil time. But God's promises that I've got a future and a hope for you. That means that God's got a purpose for your life. That means that God's got something for you. If you're sitting in the molly grubs, or if you're sitting somewhere in your time of life where you're saying, God, I don't know what you have in store for me. God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what my calling is. I want to tell you, God has promised us in Jeremiah 29 and 11 that he's got a future and a hope for you. All you got to do is hold on to that scripture, and I guarantee you God is going to come through. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. 
He's going to have to help me preach this morning because I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. I'll be honest with you. Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, I want to tell you something. Your desires of your heart, when you delight in the Lord, are not your fleshly desires, but they are your spiritual desires. I want to tell you, God has promised your spiritual desires will come to you. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should, should, not per- that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to tell you, God promised that he would send his son, and, and that came to fruition. That happened. It didn't happen exactly. And there were many prophets in the Old Testament that prophesied of Jesus' coming many, many years before Jesus came. They never saw, they never saw the coming of, the, of, of Jesus. But I want to tell you something. It happened. God's promise happened. Jesus Christ came into this world as a flesh. He died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. He rose on the third day. I want to tell you, his promises are yes and amen, John 15, 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If we abide in him, that doesn't mean if we come in and, and, and wipe the guilt off and go out and do the same things we did before that he's going to do it. It means if we abide in him, it means if we get into our word, we get it down on our knees and we pray. We live the life of, that God has called us to live. He will abide in us and he will do the, those things that he has called, that he has said that he will do. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. He doesn't say, I, none of these scriptures say I might. It says I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That's a promise of the Lord. That, that as long as we are with him, he is going to do those things for us. Where am I at? Psalms eighty four eleven. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. We've got to live an upright life. That's when his promises are going to be true to us. First John 2 and 25. And this is the promise that he has promised us. Eternal life. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful, church. He has promised us eternal life. I want to tell you something. I don't care what the, what the false believer or the believer that thinks that when this, with this old shell dies that nothing's going to happen, but I believe what the Bible says. I believe that when Jesus said that he's going to give me eternal life with him, I believe that when this old body perishes, my soul is going to go on to heaven and I'm going to live with him in the by and by. I'm going to go to the pearly gates and I'm going to walk up to, the, to him and he's going to say, well, do, well, good, or, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't have to worry about living in, a, in purgatory or living in all these things that people think about and, and think, you know, I don't have to worry about what Scientology says. I don't have to worry about what other religions say. All I need to worry about is what Jesus Christ says when he died on the cross for me and I came down to an altar and gave my life for him. He has promised me eternal life. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. Let me say that again. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Luke chapter 18, verse 27. I want to get to these so I can get into the meat of my sermon here. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I want to tell you something. God's given some promises to some people that men can't do. 
There are some of you in this building today that God has promised some things that man can't do. I want to tell you something. A, man, a preacher, a man cannot save your loved ones. I want to tell you something. Man alone cannot provide all your needs. Why? Because manna comes from above. Manna, you know, he might use people, but the manna comes from above. We know that everything comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everything is possible through God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own ways. See, this is a huge problem right here. We as Christians think that God's promises are going to come when we make them happen. Oh, buddy. We, go, we don't make the promises of God happen because they're not ours to make happen. But the promises of God will come true because he said they will come true. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And this is the last one. This is probably the greatest one. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 through 7. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these, thing, these words are true and faithful. Verse 6. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What a promise. Now turn with me, if you will, over to 1 Kings. We're going to have a history lesson here for a little bit. And I, I, I know I kind of went through that quickly, but I, I want to give you some history in the Word of God. Most of you in here, I hope, have read the story and, and have understood about the, uh, a man by the name of Ahab. And some of you know where I'm going with this, but Ahab was a ruler over Israel or king of Israel way on down the line. We know it went Saul, Paul, Jeroboam. It went on down the line, and, and, and it kind of went, went haywire. And, and, but the Bible says that Ahab did evil towards the Lord in, ver, in chapter 16. He said that he did evil towards the Lord more than anybody had ever done before him. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit before Ahab. I want to give a history. I kind of gave a little bit of a history in Sunday school this morning. I want to give a history of where Ahab came from and how all this came about. Because you, you see what happened was is that when, when Joshua came into the land of Canaan and, there was, and, and uh, the, the city of Jericho was given and then they went up to, to Ai and they fought in Ai and they did all these things. And there, there were some things that were going on in the land that God was not in approval of. You see, the, the first battle at the battle of Ai was lost. The children of God lost that battle. You want to know why they lost that battle? Because there was sin in the camp. And, and God said, because there's sin in the camp, then, I, then I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go with you. I can't be with you. So they, they, they got rid of the sin in the camp, and they went and they defeated Ai. And then it, it kind of goes on down the line, and things kinda, you know, people get into situations, and all of a sudden the people said, you know what, we, we, need, we, we need a king. You know, so they, they picked Saul, and I almost fell off the stairs. They, they picked Saul, and, uh, and, and then David, and then uh, Rehoboam, and things would have. You know, th this was their land. This was their land that God had given them. Canaan but here's what God told him he said you know what this is your land so when you go and defeat these places what I want you to do is I want you to destroy everything that they have and everybody that is there 
You have to destroy that. Otherwise, there's going to there's gonna have something happen in the land called syncretism. If you've never heard the word syncretism, the word syncretism simply means trying to mix two different beliefs together to make one. It doesn't work. Let me tell you, that's what the children of Israel did. As they scattered into the 12 tribes among the land, they, 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 didn't, they didn't destroy the Canaanites. What they decided to do is they decided to keep the, Can- the Canaanites for their, their laborers or their, their, their slaves. They kept the kings. They kept all their animals for slaughter. They kept them for food and, and all that. So they did that. And then, then the, there was one main god that the land of Canaan had, and his name was Baal. And so I want to I come up now to where the history lesson kind of over just a little bit. But this is, this is where we're at, and this is what's about to happen. I, and and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, so just bear with me by the promises of God. This is the revelation that God gave me. I'm going to give it to you here in just a few minutes. Okay, but, but right now we've got, we've got all, this, all this division and stuff going on, all these different things going on. And here Ahab, who's done so much evil unto the Lord, God sends Elijah to him. And God sends Elijah to him in, verse, in chapter 17, verse 1. In chapter 17, verse 1, he, he goes up to Ahab and he says, Ahab, guess what? Uh, it's going to be dry. It's, there's going to be a drought in the land. There's going to be, if, what, what does it say? It says, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except my word. He said years. Notice he said there was going to, this is my first point today about, about God's promises. You know, obviously, some, God promises things to everybody. But sometimes there has to be a drought before the promise comes. Sometimes there has to be a famine before, uh, before it comes. You know, uh, when, when God gives us promises, more than, more than not, we as, we as his believers, this is what we do. Okay, God, you promised me, make it happen. Okay, God, it's been two weeks. Why, why hasn't the promise happened? Okay, God, it's been two years. The promises of God hasn't come to me yet. Oh, I, I, guess, I guess it's time for me to just kind of hang up the towel. It's just kind of time for me to do this and do that, do my own thing. No, that, that's not time to do that. Sometimes there has to be a drought or a famine in the land. Sometimes we have to go through some things in life in order for God's promises to come. You, could, you know, God's promises aren't going to come in our time. They've got to come in his time. Why? Because there are certain things that must take place. And I want to give you a little bit of history right now but they, they, to show you what I'm talking about. You see, if there hadn't been a famine in the land, if there hadn't been a drought in the land, then God's glory wouldn't have been had for the people in Canaan here. It wouldn't have been had for the people who worshiped Baal. You see, because what Elijah did during this time was there was a big drought in the land. We, we all know uh, the first story that he went and, and, and um, the woman prepared food for him and, and it lasted all the days and, and, and her son was sick and he died and, and he went and stretched himself over him and he lived. But now we want to we fast forward from there. We want to go on to the next part where he goes up on the mountain with the people and he he ch- Elijah challenges the, the, the Canaanite people and Baal himself. Well, itself. Baal itself. He challenges them. What he does is he said, you know what? There's a drought in the land. So I want you, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to build an altar over here. And I, and I want you to get all the barrels of water that you've got left in the land. And I'm going to pour it over there. You know, he, he was making fun of them. He was, you know, you know, he was doing it in the name of the Lord. But he was telling them, look, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I want you to build an altar over there. And I want to see if your God is going. We're going to pour water. Over, you don't even have to pour water on yours. I'm going to pour all over mine. And we're going to see whose God is going to show up. I want to tell you something. If there had not been a drought in the land, that would have never happened. God's glory could have maybe would have never happened. But but here, but what happened was is the is the we all know what happened. 
their altar wasn't burned and then Elijah prayed and, and, and the, the Bible says that fire came down and it, it even licked up the water. It burnt everything. It, it even consumed the rocks. You know, how long does it take for fire to consume a rock? Uh, an extremely long time, but, but the power of the Lord come down so heavily. that And then all those people, about 400, I believe it was about 450 prophets of Baal were there. And all 450 saw what happened, and they fell on their faces and declared that God was the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. You see, that had to happen during a drought. There are some things that must happen in our lives so that God can get the glory before our promises come to us. And we have to understand that, that there's sometimes that... God's got to use us for certain things for people to see what's going on. You see, there, the, Elijah, did, he didn't just not be part of this drought. You know, he was a part of the drought. He didn't go away and then come back. No, but the Bible says to go by the brook Cherith. And he went by the brook Cherith, and it even says the brook Cherith dried up. I want to tell you something. We've got, we've got to go through a drought sometimes before God's promises come through. And then we're going to fast forward now to, uh, to chapter 18, verses 43 through 47. Or 46. What do I have? 47. It says, and, and he said to his servant, and this, this was after this happened, and Ahab had, had said, you know what, the Lord is the Lord. So he, he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass that the seventh time, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. I want to stop right there. I, I mentioned this to the leadership team in the back, but here, here's where I want to dwell for just a few minutes here. Rain's coming. The people of the land have no idea that rain is coming, but rain is coming. You see, this cloud that I'm talking about today is representing your promise. This cloud that I'm talking about is the representation of the promise that God has given to you. You see, sometimes when we're about ready to come out of the drought, it's, gonna, it's going to appear to us that the promise is on its way. But, the, but here's, where we're, here's where we're at. But it's small. It's so far off. And, and we're going year after year after year, and it's, it's staying the same size. It's, it's in the far off. It's in the far off, and, and it's there. I want to tell you something. So, sometimes God's promises have to be afar off in, in the glimpse of an eye so we can see it and know that it's coming. I, I, we know without a shadow of doubt that God's promises are coming, but oftentimes we doubt. We get into it. We get into a time of uh, a fear and judgment where we say, you know what? I just don't believe that anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do this. But know that God's promises are coming. And they may just be the size of a man's hand. You know, you know I, I could just imagine. I, I've been out to sea. I've been, I've been on the ocean. And I, and I could tell you something, that when, when you can see a cloud that big, afar off, you want to talk about a long ways away? It's a long ways away. You can see a very long way. And, and, and it, sometimes it takes days, even weeks, for that cloud to even get to where you're at. Or, or for you to get to it because it, it's such a long way. And sometimes that's where we think God's promises are. You know, and, and we get discouraged and we get to the point where, you know what, I just don't know if I could do this anymore. You know, and even though we see the promise on the horizon, we still give up sometimes because it's staying on the horizon. But I want to tell you, after, after a while, it starts to get bigger and bigger and we don't, we don't even recognize it. You know, but, but there, it's the size of, of, of a man's hand. I want you to be rest assured that that promise is still there and it's not going anywhere. 
it's not going anywhere. That, that promise of your loved ones getting saved, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah you might not see it in your lifetime, but they, they may see it in their lifetime. Let me tell you what, you, you know, you might, you might not even see your grandchildren saved. Your, your children might not see their children saved, you know, but somebody's going to see it happen. Why? Because those are God's promises, you know, and, and so I just want to tell you this morning, and I, I know I've, I've been a little bit lengthy this morning and giving you a history lesson and all that, but, but the, the promise is there. And then we go to the latter part of this verse. And it says, So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot, and go down before you, before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to, to the entrance of, Je- of Jezreel. 47. You got it? It won't? All right, we'll just leave it at that. I just want to, this is where I want to leave us at today. There's going to come a time when that promise is going gonna, is gonna to get there. There's going to come a time. You see, there was a drought in the land, but there came a time when the people of Israel saw the rain. And not only did they see a little rain, but they saw a big rain. The Bible says that it was a large rain it was a great rain i want to tell you something god doesn't do things in a little way he doesn't do things in a small way god's not god's not a god that just that just going to provide half of your need god is not a not a god that's just going to give you half of what you uh, of what is necessary god's going to do it all the way he's his promises are yes and amen they are affirmative and they are so be it they are it is going to happen and there are some people in this house today. I know if you would stand with me. And Christian, if you can come to the piano. I, I don't think I've really been that long. but there's some, there's some people in the house today that have promised. That God's promised you something. There's promises all over the house. God's promised me things that I haven't seen yet. He's promised this church things that we haven't seen yet. I want to encourage you today. It's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. Brother Randy, that thing God's promised you, it's on the horizon. It's big. It's on the horizon. Brother Jerry, those things God's promised you, they're on the horizon. They might, they might look small. But even though it looked small, it was huge. It was grand. It was big. It was just standing there. Sister Lisa, the things that God's promised you, they're going to happen. You may not see it, but they're going to happen. I want to encourage you. It may just be the size of a man's hand, but it's on the horizon, and it's coming. Here's what I want to do this morning. If God's promised you something, I want you to come up to the front for me, if you will. God's given you a promise in your life. Just come on up. I just want us to have a time of worship and prayer. This isn't some grand thing that I need to lay hands on you for or, or, you know, pour anointing oil all over you for. I just believe that if we stand in agreement together and, and say to one another, encourage one another this morning, your promise is on the way. Sister Misty, your promise is on the way. It might look dreary now. It might look small, but it's on the horizon. It's on the horizon, and it's moving.